The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. everybody welcome to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw you already know the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys Haley Sutton obviously not in today but i'm feeling it in the host seat so hopefully i do it justice meaning i'm here alongside two amazing gals aisha morrison here and christy skills over here to my right christy how are you doing good morning doing great otas starting to look a little more like football not yeah. totally yet but it's that part of the off season where the ball slowly starts to roll a little yes. bit faster you know what yes. i mean aisha how was your morning uh it's morning. It's nice outside. It, you know what? The it's weather's about hot, so y'all. nice. It's about to be hot, y'all. Oh, man. This Don't get me started. disrespectful, but <laughs> hi, y'all. Don't get me started. You know what? I went home uh, last weekend for my little cousin's graduation, and I think the biggest thing that I adjusted to moving here was the humidity and the dry heat. So, miss my dry heat, but it's all good. So, um, Christy mentioned earlier we're in the time of the off-season where things are starting to roll a little bit more. Christy, NFL owners meetings happened this week, and a lot happened, to say at the very least. Uh, You had texted me that there was a lot to talk about, started looking into it. Surely, there was a lot to talk about. So, we're going to talk about a lot of things that came out of that, uh, starting in this first segment, and then we're going to roll through. Christy, kick us off with the fair catches slash kickoff new role that's in place for this season only, and we'll talk about that too. Yes, so uh, fair catches inside the 20-yard line, and the ball would be spotted at the 25. They, what they're trying to do is reduce the number of injuries. There's uh, a proclivity for more injuries, particularly concussions, on special teams play, in particular kickoff returns and kickoff coverage. And so this is a move by the uh, – competition committee and by the league and the ownership to try and reduce the number now they've been tweaking kickoff returns for years and you know uh, most recently if the ball touches in the end zone you know it's automatically a touchback that's why you see so many kick returners not even going to catch the ball because as soon as the ball hits in the end zone touchback so uh, the thought is that this particular rule would um since the incentive would be that you would get the ball at the 25 if you fair catch it within that 25 yards, that it will reduce the number of returns and thereby reduce the number of injuries. So, Aisha, I'm curious as to how you think coaches might uh, try and work around this, or it, do you think it'll even work? I don't. So I would. I'm still learning more about the special teams aspect because even being on here with you, you know, we learned yeah. so much about special teams and even some of their um, some of their coverages and how they line up from you, Christy. So I I was dis- <laughs> I was disappointed um, when I when I first initially heard about the rule change just because I feel like there has been you can see the amount of returns just lowering every year and it, that's such an electric part of the game to me it's such a such a deal it can change sure. a game you know if you get a good return or it flipped the field and so I'm just worried about like granted I understand the uh the attempt to not have to to minimize injuries but at the same time I'm like 
special there's there's a part of special teams that that guys like have a ferocity to them and it's so downhill so fast i get it but i also am like that it's i don't want it to take away from that exciting element mm. of the game that you get that can really energize your offense and reward your defense yeah let's go into oh. um what the chairman of the nfl's competition committee said that's rich mckay he said quote the concussion rate on the play has gone up it's because the ball at their data and said, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the ball is being returned by kicks and being hung inside the five-yard line. College made this rule change maybe 2018, 2019. We looked up their data and said, you know what? It's the right thing to do now. So when it comes to player safety, obviously that is in the forefront. We yes. always talk about that on this podcast. It's just going to be interesting to see the history or from this point, what the kickoff yeah. history is going to look yeah. like. How do you connect well, well, there, there's, there's always an unintended consequence. So what right. happened when they changed it the last time is, Jess, as you mentioned, what's happening is the, the kickoffs are being popped up, hmm. trying to get it you know, at about the 10 or the 5-yard line uh, because the teams that are kicking off, the coverage teams, don't want to give the ball up, at, have it spotted at the 25 for the opponent. So pop it up to them, have them field it at the 5, the 7, maybe the 3-yard yeah. line, and then try and tackle them at the 20 or inside. So mm. that would be a win for your coverage team, right? So w- what I think is going to happen, and I'm really anxious this OTA and next week, I hope I get to talk to C.J. Goodwin, the Cowboys special teams ace, yes. today. Yes. If not today, after practice, then next week, because I want to hear what he has to say about this i don't know if john fossil the special teams coordinator will be made available to media he was last week but that's before this rule change was passed for this uh coming season but i think what's going to happen is the uh special teams coordinators and the coverage units they're going to do another workaround so instead of popping the ball up Mm -hmm. and trying to get them to field it you know inside the 10 yard line around the five yard line they're going to be more of a knuckly squib kind of thing yeah and that that you're still gonna that you're still gonna have returns so so overall though uh, i was seeing a lot of discussion about this on twitter and i think the main concern is are kickoffs in danger in general is that going to become a thing of the past here within the next couple of years I don't know that it'll be in the next couple years, but um, yeah, and, and it's too bad. I, I wish that Luke Gifford were not with the Tennessee Titans oh, now that he were Such with the Cowboys because love talking special teams with him. Yeah. I'd love to hear what he thinks about it. But there are guys that have made careers and have reached NFL pensions and have been able to provide for their families because they're good on special teams. The yes. Lick- Luke Giffords of the world. Kevontae Turpin getting yep. a shot at the NFL because he's so uh, good on returns. Well, C.J. Goodwin, as you mentioned. C.J. Goodwin has made a long ace. career yes. out of this. a good win. Yes. And so, um, <laughs> I oh take my a second gosh, too early, man. <laughs> hate to set her up on this pun. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of people that that's, that's their entree into the league. Mm. And then once they get in, yes. they can stick around if you're an ace at it. And um, uh, it really affects those guys. Okay. So you think, uh, I'm sorry, do you, no, but you think that they can overcome it? You think that this is something that offensive I, coordinators I'm really around? interested to see what's going to happen in preseason. I want well, to talk yeah. to Coach Fossil about that because here's the thing. In preseason games – which fans, oh, who cares, who cares? Well, the coaches care, Everybody. and these guys who are sure. battling for roster spots are the ones that are going to be uh, going to make or, make it or break it on special teams, right? Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate them in preseason games right. if they don't get a chance to cover? Right. So, um, you know, I would think that, that if I were a special teams coach I, or anybody evaluating personnel, I want to see how they can cover kickoff, so I'm going to try and squib it or, 
or knuckle it or something so that I can get a look at my guys. And not only that, but you hear a lot about, especially this rookie draft class, uh, you hear a lot from coaching or the head coaches talking about, you know, how versatile they love their players and how special teams is kind of the foot in the door for those players. Overshown, you have Mm -hmm. Deuce Vaughn, you know, there's there's a lot of guys just within this rookie draft class alone that are really going to rely on their ability on special teams to have a good shot at making that 53 Mm -hmm. uh, come that time. And so it's just going to be a little interesting to see how that all plays out. Another thing we wanted to discuss that was approved at this NFL owners meeting was an emergency quarterback situation. When I heard about this, you know, I also I also work within hockey. So I was thinking of this in in terms of the goalie role that was uh, recently set up as well, too. So uh, pretty interesting parallel there within hockey and football. But uh, the rule is the third quarterback can only enter if the two quarterbacks on the game day roster are downgraded to out receiving medical attention or they're disqualified. Unlike the previous rule, which started in 1991 and was eliminated in 2010, they cannot enter the game on coaches' decisions. The third quarterback must be on the 53-man roster to be designated as the emergency quarterback. A player evaluated from the practice squad cannot be the designated third quarterback. Ladies, how does this impact a lot of things here? Because, uh, again, this isn't necessarily something that teams will plan for, right? You don't plan to have to need your third quarterback in a game, but what is the benefit of this and what is the flip side of it for teams being able to utilize this now? The benefit of it is when you have Brock Purdy go down in your playoff, yeah, let's say the know. 49ers were <laughs> like yeah. a word. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a big benefit to it that chat. we don't have to be subjected to having position players yeah. play uh, a quarterback in a playoff game or any other game. Um I'm used to the old school way of it from the 90s and the first decade of of this millennium just because you used to always have an emergency third quarterback. And the way that it used to work was if they entered the game, then your first two quarterbacks could not go back in. So that's the way that the league is addressing this by saying that – um, just as you were going through it and saying yeah. that, uh, you know, they'd have to be out for injury and things like that. So uh, so I'm used to that. What the there's a domino effect to this because, um, you know, you're basically getting an extra person that's active on game day. Right. Because you can have yeah. 46 or 47. So this would be like the Cowboys 47th uh, player available. Um so one less inactive, but by taking up a spot on that 53-man roster, if I think most a lot of teams will go ahead. You don't have to do this, by the way. You can still just keep two quarterbacks on your 53-man roster and just ride it out and hope that you don't need an emergency third quarterback. This does not automatically mean that Will Greer is going to make the 53-man there roster if he's the third yeah. quarterback because the Cowboys may decide that we want to use that 53 53- 53rd spot on the roster for a young guy who can help on special teams or, hey, this week we're injured at tight end and we need an extra tight end. You know, there are certain things that you can do. But the fact that you can't promote them from the practice squad, that's that's the key. Yeah. 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 It limits your personnel. Absolutely. Because I was about to say, I know a lot, the Cowboys, like, uh, even last year, they called up a couple people from the practice squad, and so mm-hmm. you would not be able to do. Are you saying that that would not be something you're able to do with that in that instant for the quarterback? Well, no. I'm, I'm saying that if you if you decide that 
that you want to use that 53rd spot on your roster, not for a third quarterback that may or may not be used for emergency purposes on game day. You may want to use that 53rd spot for a young linebacker or or a sixth wide receiver (laughs) or an extra cornerback uh, and that kind of thing. So if if you decide to go that route and have only two quarterbacks, then you can't take, let's say, if Will Greer were on the practice squad, you wouldn't be able to have him – available as an emergency third quarterback. So I'm I'm very interested to see how many teams will take advantage of this. Yeah. And I I was in my notes too. How does this impact Will Greer? Keep in mind he was claimed off waivers by the Cowboys back in 2021. In uh, August of 2022, he was waived by the Cowboys and signed to the practice squad the next day. Uh, he was promoted to the active roster on October 5th of last year. So Do we see this being a benefit for Will Greer specifically? And if not, again, you'd mentioned the 49ers. I think everybody's first initial reaction when they heard about this was the 49ers and thinking of their situation um, last season. What other teams do you see, you know, kind of just with their, you look at injury history, you look at age, you look at all of these things when when it comes to a quarterback, might take advantage of this. Aisha, I'll jump to you. Barnacles. Uh, I know, it's a good one. I know, I was just thinking. thinking. Um, I could be wrong, but I thought the Ravens went through a couple of yeah changes mm-hmm. yeah. at quarterback often last season, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, and, and you know the Dolphins with yep, Tua and his situation that. with uh, the concussions. Yeah. I, I I say honestly, it's just really too early to tell on that. Sure. I think right. it's going to be more injury situation, uh, situational kind of thing. But um, what it means for Will Greer or, or people like him who may or may not yeah. be on the 53-man or, or on the practice squad is going to be a big difference for their pocketbook, that's for sure. Because um, hmm. in 2023, the uh, weekly rate for a practice squad player is uh, $12,000 a week. So let's see. Uh, practice squad players. Yeah, so it's $12,000 a week. Veteran practice squad players, uh, just over $16,000. So they're going to, a practice squad player is going to average about $220,000, maybe $260,000 a year. The um, uh, first year minimum uh, salary is $870,000 this year. So it's a big change in your weekly paycheck, whether you're on the 53 man roster or the practice squad. Sure. And they business. They, they really are. And, you know, I think this might be a little bit of a different conversation had the Cowboys not obtained Cooper Rush uh, during the offseason. I think that was a big key to feeling secure within your quarterback situation. Obviously, Dak Prescott, we don't even need to discuss that. Uh, that is that is solid. That is secure. But I think Cooper Rush saying really solidified that the Cowboys can use that 53rd spot, like you said, on yeah, maybe and, something else. And I think one, one other way that this may have a domino effect on things, and that is, and I'm Cowboy fans with long memories remember when we tried to slide Matt Moore <laughs> through uh, waivers and he ended oh, up getting man. at the end of camp. They decided to cut him because they thought he won't get picked. Hopefully he doesn't get picked up and mm-hmm. we can sign him to the practice squad. Well, Carolina claimed him and he's had a long, had a very long uh, NFL career. I think that it's uh, teams may think harder and harder and harder about cutting these third string quarterbacks mm-hmm. Or four strength because other teams may decide, okay, we're going to go ahead and go with three and may want to sign them. So it might be harder to slide some of these guys through. Well, 
There you go. There you go. Well, you know what? There's a lot more we have to talk about. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. Coming up after the break, though, we're talking about another NFL uh, rule change, if you will, that has to do with some Thursday night football. You know, we feel very passionate about that here on this podcast. We're also talking about the start of OTAs, what that means. So make sure to stay tuned. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. Past, present, and future football watchers. You know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. That's what I like. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I dare you guys to say that like 10 times fast one day. (laughs) I was just listening to you like, dang. (laughs) Um, We're going to get into OTAs. There's another rule change I wanted, and it's not necessarily a rule change, a league change, I should say, uh, that I wanted to get into with y'all. But first, let's talk some tacos and tunes. I love this already. Uh, you can head to the Miller Lite Plaza at AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tune Festival presented by Miller Lite. Rescheduled to Saturday, June 3rd from 3 to 8 p.m. Enjoy a variety of tacos and food truck options while you sip on cold drinks and listen to live music. Admission and parking for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tune Festival is free. So visit at stadiumcom slash tacos and tunes for more info. And we will see you there because you already know tacos, tunes, 
all the things. That is my jam. I will be there. Okay, let's talk the Thursday night football flex and what is able to happen now within the league. So NFL owners approved a flexible schedule policy for Thursday night games for only weeks 13 through 17 with at least 28 days notice given to the affected teams. Now, this means that the leagues could push a Thursday night matchup into the range to Sunday afternoon if there's a more desirable game, uh, which is currently in place for for Sunday night and Monday night games as well. Keep in mind, no team would be required to play more than twice on Thursday night in a season. So, with that being said, here's the Cowboys' schedule, weeks 13 through 17. Week 13, a Thursday uh, night game at home against the Seahawks. Week 14, against the Eagles, also at home, a Sunday night game there. Week 15, at the Bills, uh, Sunday game at 425 on Fox. Week 16, at Miami against the Dolphins, also a Sunday game. And then week 17, you're looking at the Lions' home game. So, Um, again, on a Saturday, December 30th there. So what I wanted to throw this out, um, how do we feel about this in general? Because we have very strong feelings. uh, Personally, I know I do, and we've talked about on the podcast before, about Thursday games and the position now to be able to flex them. How does this really impact teams? And with that 28 days notice, I I think that's a good addition to mention in there. How do we feel about this? Mm. Don, Christy. Hate it. (laughs) Absolutely hate it. Tell us how you hate feel, it. Christy. Hate it for the fans. Yep. Hate it for football operations, stadium operations. But it's inevitable, and there are 11 billion reasons why. And it's because Amazon Prime pays 11 billion dollars for their uh, for their rights. Looked looked up some of the numbers, and here's the thing. Uh, they're, the contract that Amazon has with uh, the NFL is 11 years, $11 billion for Thursday night football. So according to uh, Motley Fool, that's kind of a fun site if you're into financial <laughs> stuff, but they get 15 games a year, okay? I know it's a 17-game schedule, but remember, the Thursday night opener, yep. the NFL kickoff, that's a NBC game, and then uh, there's the uh, Thanksgiving Day game. So Amazon Prime, as part of their package, has 15 games a year. If you take a billion dollars rights fee a year and divide it, they're paying $67 million per game, basically, just for the rights fee. That doesn't include operations costs, how much they pay Al Michaels and everybody and stuff. So that is a huge financial commitment uh, by Amazon to the NFL. And they had some rotten games last year. But I don't think you can blame the NFL for that. When that Thursday night schedule came out, it's like, man, this looks really great. Who knew that the Rams were going to be so bad last year because yeah. of injuries to their offensive line? Okay. So, so the reason for this, you know, it's a billion. There are a billion reasons each year for them to do it financially, but they need better games, uh, better matchups, particularly as the season goes on. And yeah. so, this gives them the flexibility to do it. At least they've limited it to weeks uh, thirteen through uh, seventeen. But the bottom line is, last year the Thursday night football game averaged only 9.6 million viewers Mm. it's obviously a lot lower because it's streaming only and it's not it's over the air in the markets for the two teams but the rest of it is streaming so um the good news is their median age is younger 
47 years old as opposed to 54 years old for over-the-air broadcasts. But um, they, Amazon, they weren't getting their bang for the buck, basically, with uh, some of those matchups. So the league is trying to help them with that. Yeah, you, you mentioned that they'll have the flexibility, and I think it also allows them to kind of see what the see what the lay of the land is, to, to see, exactly. like, to gauge, like, okay, what this is what the season is looking like so far. It's what our numbers are looking like. And that's why, to me, it's in the latter part of the season because they can kind of gauge what they need to do and what teams need to be flexed. Um, any worry about if the Cowboys get flexed? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, and usually my answer would be a little bit different. But when you look at who they're playing and where their slots are already, I don't see it being an undesirable matchup. Really, I mean, you look at that schedule. It's well, well they're very desirable matchups, which is why right. they might be flexed but to then Thursday. You, you also have, you already have a Thursday night game. You have two Thursdays back to back if you include Thanksgiving. I yep. know that's not a night and game, that's, but uh, it's, it's Washington and Seattle back to back Thursday home games. Week 12, week 13. Mm-hmm. And then you have a Sunday night football for the Eagles. They're not going to change that. And you have Saturday night against Detroit. Right. And uh, certainly... Um, ESPN ABC does not want to lose the Cowboys from Saturday night but what worries me is maybe the next week where the Cowboys are playing on a Saturday could you move that uh, final week game you know instead of a short from a Sunday through a Thursday it would be a Saturday to a Thursday but I I think it's less likely Aisha just because the Cowboys already have two back um, to back Thursday games yeah I, I I I am not a proponent of Thursday football at all, sure. I mean, unless unless you go to two by weeks a year where it's worked in that you have a week and a half. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm okay with that, but I hate short weeks because the players' bodies they're just not ready. Yeah. It's so unfair for the traveling teams. You're, you're not getting the best product, in my opinion. Now, the league will argue from a uh, injury standpoint; they'll cite things that show, oh, there are not more injuries on average on a Thursday than on uh, any other day of the week. But maybe I'm just a little biased because the main part of my job is reporting injuries. But it just, God, these guys are so beat up, and especially late in the season, and to have that thrown at you. And mainly it's just unfair to the fans. And it's nothing new. College football does this. You don't know till a couple weeks before if the game is on a Saturday morning or a Saturday night because – Money rules everything, and and the television networks, there's now streaming services, rule everything because they're the ones with the money. So, And there are more eyes watching games on TV or streaming than there are in the stands. So I I understand it. I get it. It's just that I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) (laughs) What she said. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, preach, Christy. No. We're not. We haven't been fans about. Thursday night football scared me actually for a while. I stopped watching. I don't know if you guys remember that one year where it was like I think Tyler Lockett broke his leg. Mm. I think Derek Carr broke his leg and they were all on Thursday night games and it was literally like it was just over and over and over again and I was like I was scared to watch Thursday night football yeah, for a while. It, but then I hate myself because I do watch it. Oh, and, then, and and you know it's like those of us it. yeah, those of us that <laughs> yeah. that that hate it that it costs $7 for popcorn at the movies, you know. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous or still get it. <laughs> $13 for a hamburger at a theme park. Well, we're the idiots that pay it. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and I I'm looking up, you know, kind of 
the most valuable NFL franchises right now. So to me, the more money you bring, the more they're going to want you. Obviously, we know the Cowboys, number one, uh, America's team. Number two, you have the Rams. Number three, this is going from the most value to the least, obviously. You have the Patriots. Number four, you have the Giants. Number five, you have the 49ers. Six, the Bears. Seven, the Jets, which I assume that's going to skyrocket a little bit this season for certain Aaron Rodgers uh, yeah. reason who's a Swifty by the way I need to throw that out there uh, number eight you have the Commanders nine the Philadelphia Eagles and ten the Broncos so those are your top ten when it comes to value within the league so I would keep a very close eye on all of those teams to be the ones that have the microscope to get flexed a little bit more than others uh, I would say but let's go ahead and take our next break because we still have a lot to break down for OTAs we're going to talk about some position competition who we think might be in in a little bit of hot water uh that's coming up on the other side of this break stay tuned this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper because it's personality that matters the most not looks Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi, made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk OTAs, what they are, what we're going to be looking for, and some uh, 
battles that uh, we're going to be looking for as well. But first, let's talk single game tickets because it's not too early to start planning that. The schedule is now set and limited tickets for the 2023 Dallas Cowboys season at at and Stadium are available now. Don't miss your chance to see your Dallas Cowboys live at AT AT&T Stadium when they host the NFC East rivals Eagles, Giants, and Commanders, plus the Rams, Seahawks, Patriots, Lions, and the Jets. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Get on that, guys. Get yeah, the, that, the tickets for the Jets game oh. already on the secondary. Mm. Woo, I was yep. looking at that yesterday. Yep. It costs a lot of money. Yeah, oh, cha-ching. Yeah, well, Jazzy, it, do we have a cha-ching sound? Because <laughs> they're expensive. Yeah, well, because yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Aaron Rodgers the home. O- it's the regular season home opener anyway. Which is already, yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, you're going to sell that. It's going to sell out all year. By the way, yeah. you want a fun fact? The Cowboys yeah. uh, led the league in I love this. in attendance again uh, last year. So what do you think the average attendance is? Oh, gosh. 93,465. Okay, so it's 94% yeah. of capacity uh, every insane. week. 841,192 fans attended regular season games last year at AT AT&T Stadium. Now, remember last year we had nine home games instead of eight, so it's a little bit higher. But um, compare that. By the you mentioned the New York Jets. Even before Aaron Rodgers, they're number two in home attendance in the league. They share a stadium with the Giants. The attendance is better even when the Jets are down. Like last year, the attendance was better for the Jets than the Giants. And uh, they averaged seven, just over 78,000 fans a game. So Dang. with the AT&T Stadium being so much yeah. larger and even having this standing room uh, tickets yeah. in the plazas and end zone plazas, uh, so 78,000, so 15,454 15, more fans every game. Wow. Wow. Than, than the next highest. Well, they better all be Cowboys fans, uh, especially <laughs> for that Jets game. I know uh, I'm ready, ready for that game. Uh, but there's a lot to get to before we even start talking about that Jets game because we are in OTA season officially. We are in our OTA eras, uh, as you could say. The schedule is... Um, Per the league, that OTAs can happen May 22nd through 23rd, May 25th, May 30th, June 1st, June 2nd, June 13th through June 15th, and then rookie mini camp is June 6th through 8th. So, first of all, Christy, let's let's start this off because, of course, I love um, you know getting all kinds of viewers in on this podcast. You're just learning football, we got you. You want more experienced football talk, we got you. You're right in the middle. We got you, but if you don't know or you need a refresher, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Christy, what are OTAs? What are the league rules for them? And let's just go into that first of all. OTA stands for Organized Team Activity. And uh, Back in the old days, you could have a few different mini camps in the offseason, but then with uh, collective bargaining agreement and uh, uh, trying to limit uh, the amount of time the players are expected uh, to volunteer in the offseason, anyway, now teams only have one mini camp and uh, a couple of different OTAs. So what we're in right now is Phase 3 of the offseason program. So uh, Phase 3 is a month. It's four weeks total. Total, you can have three weeks of OTAs, a total of 10. Ten so an OTA being a day. So this right now we are in the third day. This is Thursday as we mm-hmm. type this and as we go live. Third day of the first OTA. Now 
it's football-y, but not total football. Yeah, so, sure. yes, the players can wear helmets, but the only pads that they can wear are elbow pads and knee pads. They're not out there. There's no contact. There's no hitting. Uh, in fact, there's no live contact allowed. If there's any live contact, the league... Uh, can uh, take away draft picks. They can fine you. They can fine coaches. Coach McCarthy's been fined a couple times with the Cowboys. What is allowed, obviously, individual drills, position group work. You're working on fundamentals, obviously. But then you can do seven-on-seven. You can do uh, nine-on-seven. You can do 11-on-11, but you just can't hit each other. So to put it this way, let's say that you have a cornerback uh, trying to cover a wide receiver. They're not, there's not going to be any bump and run. They're not going to go up and harshly contest uh, the balls because you're not allowed to have contact. Yeah, it actually reminds me. Um, I, I look at OTAs, especially with the rookies, you know, starting to kind of integrate into being a professional and getting the feel for what the NFL is like. I look at it as, like, getting the lay of the land. Guys, exactly. guys sure. getting in here – and getting to feel like what that other gentleman is like getting into actually understand like a lot of people a lot of the guys probably like oh they know deuce is fast but they'll get the opportunity to actually mm. see him and some of these drills and there's something that you do when you go to boot camp when you go to basic training it's called the one 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 and it's kind of it's like an assessment of it's a one minute of a one minute of push-ups one minute of sit-ups and then uh the one mile the two mile run that you do for the army and i remember going through it and I was ready. Like, I was a lot of, you get to see kind of who's ready also, too, mm. and who's prepared. Like, I, I maxed it. I was already physically prepared. But then you see the people who didn't work out before they came through training, who've been eating mm. Doritos and sitting on the couch. And so I also feel like OTAs is also just for guys to start to get their legs under them if they mm -hmm. haven't had any type of game speed or, or practice speed type stuff. And to get a feel for the gentleman next to them, see guys' personalities, and then let that chemistry start building from here. I love that. That was such a great example. And so I wanted to bounce back to you because – since it's not anything, you know, really physical to where there's really no contact, right. how do coaches assess the players and how do they know if they're not ready? What what are they looking for, you know, in both of y'all's opinion, what are they looking for exactly to see who might need a little bit more polishing than others? I would say it's mainly more uh, seeing how quickly they're picking things up. Tracking no, that. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. It's, that's what it really is. Also, how well do they take instruction? And I'll use this as an example. When Dak Prescott came here as a fourth-round draft pick, he had never taken a snap under center because he was always in the shotgun and a spread. He had yeah. never hmm. taken a snap under center. And Jason Garrett, I remember him saying uh, they had to teach him how to do it. And they said that uh, after the first snap that he took in rookie camp under center for the very first time they told him something he made the correction and it was perfect after that and they knew oh this guy is a quick learner and yep. you know you don't have to because there are some guys you tell them once they get it and this is all of us yeah. in all walks of life my husband would tell you that i am not one that necessarily gets everything the first time you tell me <laughs> something but um uh yeah it, it's it's are the guys listening? Are they are they taking what you because meetings are allowed? The players have been here since seven thirty in the morning. The right. team meeting is seven thirty this morning. There's offensive, defensive meetings, and then they'll go out um, and ha uh, at eleven thirty is practice on the field. But are they taking what you're teaching them and being able to demonstrate it on the field? Yeah, it's a lot of evaluation, and and you definitely you mentioned um, just. 
I would say, if, are they coachable? How how much are they retaining information? And I refer right back to the one 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 where they're teaching us how to have the right push up form, how to have the right seat up form, how to start breathing, how to to get through those. And those it's again little things that they're just trying to. Um, refine and, mm-hmm. and evaluate during this time as well. It's one of my most fun. T- I, I think it's one of the most interesting times of the year because I don't think that you can just skate through it because there's so many people, especially doing these evaluations, paying attention to everything you're doing. Everything's mm-hmm. kind of minimized in a way when you're doing OTAs and stuff. So Puts the fun in fundamentals, right? No, it really does. I think that's, that's actually a no, good one. No, that, I, I actually, I'm not mad about that. I was waiting on that one just for you. Um, well, and not only that, but I love that you talked about starting to build that chemistry because this is mm-hmm. the yes. first week that these guys actually do get to meet in person given they probably FaceTime, they probably text each other, but to actually work together and start doing that, I mean – the best example I have is when we started doing this podcast, even we knew each other and we had reached out to each other weeks prior. We were texting, we were calling each other. But then as you start working together, it's a little bit differently. And you have to find that chemistry with each other when you're working together as compared to when you're not working together. So it's really exciting to start to see those bonds start to form. You you get to see the veterans and, and the rookies really come together and and. Honestly, what I look for during this time is which veterans are taking that initiative or that second year jump to become that guy in the room, especially because you did lose uh, a big, big part of your leadership uh, with Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm interested to see kind of what guys step up in that role to to help and to motivate and to be that locker room oh, guy. That, I love that point, Jess. I think that's so important. I think you can also extend that to the coaching staff as well. Yeah. You know, new, yeah. you know Mike yeah. Solari. It's a lot of coaching coach. Now, yeah, uh, of the ball. Scott Tolzien yep. is your new quarterbacks coach in place of uh, Doug Nussmeyer and Brian mm-hmm. Schottenheimer, your offensive coordinator. Yeah, yep. he was a consultant last year and he was around and he was there on game day up in the booth, but a totally different thing when he's uh, running things on the field. Yeah, Casey, yep. I'm so glad that you brought up the coaching changes and stuff too, because when you start talking about OTAs, uh, the offensive side of the ball predominantly is going through a install, like a like a. a totally different install well they said 30 percent install um for this new offense and so uh, you mentioned like i i also think about the fact that um skip pete's not here anymore with the running back coach and then george edwards on the defensive Mm -hmm. side of the ball like there are there are there have been changes this offseason that these gentlemen are having to adjust to and this is the best opportunity for them to start getting connected to these coaches it's it literally does start right here yeah it really does there there is such a thing as coaching the coaches tracking and and it's it's less so with mccarthy this year because some of the names that that we mentioned you know he's known brian schottenheimer forever and Mm -hmm. brian was here last year but um but there is something to that now that mike solari is a a veteran he's been here forever yeah i mean been around the league forever he was he was actually on coach landry's staff for a couple years in the late uh, 1980s so um but uh usually when uh young coaches come on to a staff uh, there is an element of that in the uh, OTAs and mini camps as well. Even just looking at the quarterbacks coach history here, you had Doug Nesmeyer last season, and then the two seasons before that. Now you have Scott Tolzian, who I'm interested to see how Dak Prescott kind of molds and oh, gels I, with I Scott. I love Scott. What a great guy! I'm oh. excited to see that. You, you I'm mentioned so the happy running backs for him. coach, uh, Skip, Skip Pete, no longer here. Jeff Blasco uh, here for his first season. So there's just a lot of change. And then you know you talk about. Players always having that second-year jump or that third-year jump. Same goes for coaches. I mean, you you have to remember there's a, a 
pool of new faces walking in. And what I really appreciate about Mike McCarthy and and, um, Dan Quinn specifically just over the last year that I've gotten to be around them more and more is they take initiative to start connecting with these guys right off the bat. Those 30 visits were huge for a lot of those guys. They learn about their life and their background, not necessarily just football stuff. So to me, that goes a long way, and I'm excited to see that. But before we go, we have a hard stop today, ladies, so we have to kind of rush through this. I didn't want to skip it, though. Position competitions. If you had to pick two that you're really going to hone in on from this point, whether it's OTAs uh, to mini camps to training camps, what are your two positions where you stand right now that you're really keeping an eye on that has some some tough competition? Because there's a lot that we could talk about. But if you had to pick two, what are your two? <laughs> I would say my number one concern, there is no competition right now because we haven't brought in a second kicker, but who's going to be the kicker Thank this you. year? Lordy, yep. Lordy. <laughs> Don't get me started, please. Lordy, Lordy. So that, that's number one, but uh, which uh, veteran will they sign and will they do it in the offseason or wait until training camp? Will there be a Brett Maher to come to the rescue midway through camp uh, is what happened last year. Yep. Tristan Viscaino is the only kicker on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, but I'm interested. I'm interested to see how they're going to put. Where are they going to uh, put the people at uh, offensive line? Yeah, like what the solid line is going to look. Well, like. you know, and and that's that's going to be a fungible thing. But who, you know, where is Tyler going to line up to start off with? Yeah, and then like awesome. How are they going to fit him in there? And I I'm really curious to yeah. see. Um, how they're going to work the different line combinations. I think they're going to be a lot of different combinations because they're going to give, uh, especially the newer guys or the young veterans, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a chance to to show if they can be versatile players. So I think that it's going to be real interesting to see how the offensive line is mixing and matching. Okay, so you said offensive line and kicker. I'm going to go with linebacker. I am really going to be looking at who I I believe that, you know, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch is, is going to be your mic, and then, and then obviously Damone Clark is having, he yep. talk about a second year mm-hmm. jump, getting a full yep. off season and being able to prepare. Who's going to be the guy after that? Yeah. Who's going to be that gentleman? Obviously, uh, Jabril Cox, um, you have Demarion Overshone, you also have Devin Harper that uh, some of the linebacker coaches have talked about. Like, Who's going to be that gentleman to step in, play special teams, it sounds like he's going to Absolutely. need to. But also, possibly be a gentleman to come in in some situations. Yeah, yeah you got to replace Anthony Barr. Yeah, yeah, the linebacker position yep. is, is something that I think it, they've helped out the DTs, the linebackers, are they're going to be able to play freer. I want to see what which gentlemen are the guys out there that well what who who makes the difference with that hmm. three spot that, there you go that yeah love spot. that there yes. you go i'm christy took mine a kicker y'all know the passion i have for this kicker situation and where it stands but i'm gonna go tight end because when you really oh. look at this tight end group they're the youngest group in in the room without a veteran your 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 veteran per se is sean mckeon who really hasn't had an opportunity, I think, to take that big jump to be fully utilized, or at least we haven't seen it yet. But I'm looking at this tight end room because there's so many question marks right now. You have Schoonmaker who's coming in who could very well take that number one tight end spot. You have Jake Ferguson, who you're talking about second-year jump. He has absolutely talked about making that second-year jump. Is he going to be your tight end one? Peyton Hendershot, what are we going to see from him? And then, you know, just Schoonmaker in general, I think – 
gives that tight end room some competition that nobody's really safe. Nobody's promised tight end one. Nobody's promised really anything. And not only that, I'm so excited to see how Mike McCarthy utilizes these tight ends in his play calling the creativity. There might not even be a tight end one, two, three, or four. They might just all be the four horsemen just going out and just, man, causing some havoc. I'm, I'm so excited to see this tight end room competition and really to see them grow and formulate that chemistry. I think, I think they're all going to get a, a lot of opportunities right, and, yep. and and I'm um just to to build on what you're saying Jess I'm excited for it but I I'm really interested to see how they're going to be utilized because we've talked about before yep. Peyton Hendershot being more Jarwin-esque Blake Jarwin-esque yeah. flex they one thing they were saying about Schoonmaker is um how fast he is, he is. and that yep. you know he could be a, a downfield kind of guy too uh, so they really like his versatility, but how much will these guys be flexed out? Sure. How many times will we see two tight end packages sure. or third? So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And not only that, Jake Ferguson was invited to the tight end university. Excited to see all of the good Look stuff that comes him. out of there. Yeah. So congrats to Jake on that. But ladies, we have a hard stop today. There's a lot going on today, so we cannot keep you any longer, but we appreciate you all tuning in each and every week. Thank you so, so much. Thank you to Aisha Morrison, Christy Skills for putting up with my horrible puns and my cheesiness. (laughs) I'm Jess Navars. We are so excited to bring you more OTA insight next week, but until then, make sure to stay tuned to the Mike McCarthy press conference that's coming up next. Next, this is Girls Talk Voice Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!